You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I ask, I plead with you for your blessings to be upon the words that will be spoken. I ask you, Almighty God, to breathe your breath of life into them, that they may absolutely come alive in the ears of the hearers. May it be spoken in obedience to your heavenly will. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Oh, what a night. Not late September in 63. But oh, what a night. Actually, mid-month of the month of Abib in 33 AD. Oh, what a night. In order for us to realize the significance of this night, the just incredible depth of it. I have to recall you to three pieces of scripture. Last night at Vespers, the pastor read from the book of Colossians chapter 1. And in there it says, all things were created through him and for him. Ephesians 1 tells us that God had a plan to unite all things in him. And probably the one that we're most familiar with is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him not anything was made that was made. It is clear from that scripture that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. Now think about that. As this night begins, the very creator of the world takes off his garments of his divine nature, sets them aside, and clothes himself as a servant with a towel around his waist. And he kneels at the feet of the disciples to wash their feet. I want you to see that imagery in your own mind, that Jesus The very creator of the world is at your feet. His followers to wash your feet. And we may react very similarly to the way Peter did. You're not washing my feet. And Jesus responds, If I don't wash you, you do not have a part of me. And Peter says, Lord, I need for you to help me to understand this. Because Jesus clearly says to Peter, 
at this time you do not understand, but you will. At that point, Peter's response is, well, then wash my head and my hands. And Jesus' response to him is, if one has bathed, if one has been cleansed, then they only need to wash their feet. There's an, an incredible significance, I believe, to this. Having just finished reading First and Second Peter and the commentary offered by Martin Luther, it is abundantly clear that this person that Jesus called out of a fishing boat, his mind was changed when you read the words that he has sent to the church. It is abundantly clear that his hands no longer pulled nets, but he became a fisher of men. And it would be clear, not on this night, but in time to come, on this night, he would not walk in a different and new way. We would respond very similarly as Peter did. But the night continues. The night continues on, and now they're gathered around the table, and they're going to participate in the Passover meal. This is a memorial that was instituted in the book of Exodus chapter 12. And you shall do this in memory of the event that God has delivered you out of Egypt from the bondage of oppression and slavery. And so, Jesus and his disciples eat the Passover lamb and the body of the lamb and the blood of the lamb causes the angel of death to pass over them. But the night is still not over. After Jesus celebrates the Passover feast with his disciples, he now says to them that there is a new institution, a new covenant, a covenant which his body and with his blood, one that would take away our sin. Oh, what a night. And it still isn't over. After Jesus celebrates the Passover meal and gives the institution of the Lord's Supper, it is at that time that he and his disciples go to the Mount of Olives. And as they go to the Mount of Olives, he sends the other disciples, he leaves them behind, and he takes Peter, John, and James with him a little bit further. And he goes into Gethsemane, and he prays, and he asks the Father to take this cup from me. Oh, what a night. It all started with the very creator of the world washing the feet of his disciples, and it's moving forward. After praying a while, he goes and he finds the three disciples asleep and he tells them, he asks them, really, can you not stay awake? Keep watch. Not once, not twice, but three times Jesus comes back and he finds the disciples sleeping. The third time he comes back, though, he tells them to rise, to look. Here comes my betrayer. And now he's being approached by people wearing 
swords and carrying clubs and Judas Iscariot betrays our Lord and Savior his friend with a kiss and they arrest Jesus at that time they take him in to the courtyard and to the high priest they begin to spit on him to punch him, to mock him, to humiliate him, to take his garments from him. And Peter is in the courtyard and denies the Lord three times. And then the rooster crows. Oh, what a night. What a night that we are here to remember. And Peter began to weep because he knew and realized that he had denied the Lord. In a brief period of time as we continue on in worship, those who were in charge of the articles of worship in this congregation that are called the Altar Guild will begin to strip the altar. They will begin to take all of those things off of there that we use to celebrate the life, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was for me, not September, not Abib, but it was Maundy Thursday, 1987, in a worship service just like this. I was sitting in the congregation. I was moved by what I was hearing on the story of our Lord. And when the altar guild began to strip the altar, I actually seen it as Christ being stripped right in front of me. And as Peter wept on that Monday, Thursday, I sat in that pew and I wept. I was extremely grateful at the end of service when we all departed without any greeting because I didn't want anybody to see how the tears were just flowing down my face. You see, what happened to me during the stripping of the altar is I realized, I realized that I was the one who betrayed him. I was the one who denied him. I humiliated him. I didn't hold him in the highest esteem. I literally seen the stripping of the altar as my disobedience and revolt, my sinfulness, my trespass. Oh, what a night. And guess who Jesus did this all for? The ones he bowed down to wash their feet for you and I. Jesus didn't do any of this for his own purpose. He did it completely and entirely for us. It is because of what he did that we are now able to receive the invitation to be in God's eternal presence. Oh, what a night. 
a night that has changed you and I forever. As you see the worship go on and you see the articles of worship being carried out, remember that it's all done for you and for me. Praise God. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence, my life.